Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Today we are speaking with Peter Montoya. His expertise and experience within the corporate world will enable you to successfully manage your leadership issues through the current COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Peter is on a mission to enable managers and CEOs to lead virtually. With the world changing daily, we require new skills and perspectives. Peter is offering a key to unlock new leadership dimensions. He has unique insights in how to best lead, inspire, and transform those around you. He believes now more than ever, we need transformational leadership. Peter has many accolades, including founding a multi-million dollar company in software and advertising, specifically catering to the financial sector. As a podcast guest, he talks with the type of authority and passion that can only come with decades of successful hands-on leadership experience. Peter is also a marketing and branding guru. He is the best-selling author of The Brand Called You and his latest books, Meeting Without Walls and Leadership Power. He is also a sought-after and highly motivational keynote speaker and leadership development strategist, specializing in developing high-performance teams. Welcome, Peter Montoya. How are you? I'm doing spectacular. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. Well, we're happy to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? I'm ready to give it all. Awesome. All right. So, Peter, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. It's been a long and arduous past. I grew up in, here in Southern California. I went to the University of California and got a degree in political science because my mom wanted me to be a politician. But I just oh. didn't have the ambition or sex drive for politics. And <laughs> with a degree in political science, you've only got a couple of choices. You can go to law school, but I had ADHD and I just wasn't that good in the classroom. You can become a, a bartender. Um, or you can go into sales, and I chose sales. My first job out of college was with the biggest motivational speaker in the world, and I worked in sales for the better part of five years, and then at the ripe age of 28, because I knew it all by then, I decided to start my own company, which was an advertising agency. I wrote a book called The Brand Called You, which is one of the, probably the second book on personal branding out in the marketplace 20 years ago. I've delivered 3,000 speeches on marketing, branding, thriving, and leadership. I started a software company in 2006 and sold that in 2018. And now I am a full-time leadership strategist, speaker, and author. Wow, what a journey. 
Thank you. It has been. It's been amazing. Being an entrepreneur and a speaker is a fascinating ride. Yes. You're doing speeches now. You're a consultant. Tell us what you're doing now as far as your company, what your company yeah, does. Yeah. So obviously we've had to pivot in COVID times and I had a couple of paid speaking and training gigs and they were kind enough to move all of those virtually. And so I was able to deliver those speeches and trainings virtually, which I really, really enjoyed. But it's given me a lot more time to develop some projects. I'm finishing up two books. Uh, one is called Meetings Without Walls, How to Lead the Perfect Virtual Meetings. And we're putting the final touches on that. Perfect. I'm working on my next book and project, which is called The High Performance Organization, How to Dominate Any Market in Any Industry at Any Time. And that more or less is how to install a leadership development system into any organization. And this is by far and away the best way to grow your organization and eventually uh, how to minimize your own input. <laughs> so you don't mm. work, work part as hard. So I love that you focus so much on leadership. I happen to believe that leadership is so important. Everything rises and falls on leadership. I'm in the education space and I believe that we should start teaching leadership in preschool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I completely <laughs> and totally agree with you. All greatness, any kind of greatness you want to achieve is all done through the cooperation of others. So it is impossible to exist in our society uh, without demonstrating some level of leadership. So many people think, well, either has a title, has the authority, or is standing on a stage, and that is not true. Every single person on this planet is a first and foremost a leader of self. Yes, and it's up to us whether we do that well or not. So Peter, I do have to ask, do you believe that leadership can be taught? Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. As a society, through uh, the media and movies and speakers like me, we kind of paint a picture of this one-size-fits-all leadership. So the leader is usually a great orator. They're you know, great at getting lots of people to follow them. They're usually heroic, and they're usually the one who saves the day. And the truth is, there are lots of different flavors of leaders. I mean, Stephen Hawking... <laughs> was in a wheelchair, he couldn't speak any, and he was an incredibly effective leader. But he did not meet any of the criteria that we typically think for a leader. So yes, everyone is a leader, and first and foremost, you're a leader of self. All right, so how can we get in contact with you? How can we purchase your book? Tell us. Oh, thank you for asking. Well, I was a personal branding guy, so I make myself very easy to find. And that's petermontoya.com. Uh, and if you go there, you can find more information on my new uh, high-performance mentoring program called the High Performance Organization, in which we take leaders through a 10-week program to basically instill this high-performance model so you can grow your organization or company to achieve any goal that you want to achieve. Great. So petermontoya.com. And we can get your book there too, right? Uh, Amazon. The brand called you and very, very shortly, Meeting Without Walls and the High Performance Organization. Perfect. Now, at the time of this interview, we're, I think, on the tail end of the global pandemic, we're hoping. So how has this affected you, your organization, your family? I think, unfortunately, we'll be living with this pandemic for another 14 to 18 months, although we're starting to open up a little bit. It's been with us for a while. You know, obviously, I've been home now for, I think, 10 weeks. 
more or less, and only made one or two trips per week to the supermarket. I had to go to my home in Flagstaff, which was another brief trip, but otherwise I've been home. And the biggest effect on me is a couple of things. Number one, I've gotten very, very close with my family, and I absolutely adore family dinners, games, and all the camaraderie that comes with being at home. That's one big change. Uh, the other big effect on me is I know that I'm much better when I'm out. So as much as I've enjoyed my family, uh, I'm better going out and seeing people. I get a rush and uh, excitement out of having deadlines and meetings and things happening outside. So I'm a person who moves better with momentum. And being having creating momentum here at home for me is hard. I get you because I'm a person of momentum as well. I like taking action. I like doing things. So being still, how was that for you? Or having to be still? Well, I've got ADHD, so it's tough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In some ways, it's very good. I can have hyper-focus and get my books done, which has been really great. And I love doing my virtual trainings and things like that. And then after a while, I really, I think like everybody else, I'm a little stir-crazy. You know, I want to go to a restaurant. I want to see people. I want to meet people. I want to do things. All right, Peter, what quotes or advice has helped you most during this time? I absolutely adore quotes. One of the best things that I have got is a leadership blog. And a leadership blog is something more than an Excel spreadsheet. And down at the bottom of this Excel spreadsheet, actually it's a Google sheet, I have mm -hmm. 15 different tabs. Uh, one of them is questions where I, I, whenever I hear a really good question that is, you know, causes me to think or crystallize something, I write those questions down. I also have my own quotes when I write down quotes and I also collect quotes too. So, I have so you a have a, really wait, quotes. so you have a Google sheet with mm -hmm. quotes and questions, quotes, questions, a glossary, the stories I created as a speaker, uh, articles and resources. So whenever I'm going to go write something down, I can go back and find, you know, quotes wow. on different topics. That's a great yeah. idea. It's been one of the best development tools I've ever created. Yeah. I highly recommend it for everybody. I may steal I've got another, that. another tab called epiphanies. You know, for me, I constantly am having these epiphanies about how I could better operate in the world. Basically, they're my little self-improvement notes. And so I keep a list of all my epiphanies, which are more or less my self-improvement changes that I make on myself on a regular basis too. Do you have one for ideas? Yeah. Uh, you, could, you know, I don't have one for ideas. That's probably a good idea. I might want to have to add that. To my <laughs> add that to me. To your time. Yeah. Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. If you want to find, claim, develop, and expand your voice in order to land that job, those clients, or that partner, then Master Your Swag Podcast is for you. You don't have to have expert credentials to be featured, and you can select from several plans that can perfectly match your needs. Go to MasterYourSwag.com and claim your spot as a guest and be ready to get noticed. That's MasterYourSwag.com. I got some quotes for you. Okay, please. So, when you delegate tasks, you create followers. When you delegate authority, you create leaders. Hmm. Good one, that's, isn't that's it? That's one to ponder. It is one to ponder. But yeah, that's how you empower people. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I work on on a regular basis is how to, I mean, everyone wants to empower people, but no one knows how to do it. And that mm -hmm. is one of the major keys to empowerment is to give people more authority. And you want to create the broadest lanes possible so they can make as, have as much authority to get the job done. So that's really a, an important one. The unexamined leader is not worth 
following, which is absolutely true. That is perfect. So, you know, for us in leadership, leadership is very, very personal. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you are a clerk at a store, if you are a carpenter, hammers nails, uh, if you are a firefighter, rarely do you walk away from those activities and have to reflect on who you are. You may reflect on the skill that you'd made done as well as you do, but leadership, when you don't do well as a leader, you got to reflect on yourself. So right. we've That's all right. had one-on-one meetings, group meetings. We walked away, we go, oh, this didn't go very well. I needed to do better. It didn't resonate. They didn't get it. They have too much pushback. And we want to blame them and never the case. So leadership is always personal. And if you want to change your followers, you have to change yourself. So mm-hmm. leadership is really, really personal. So I found something and I, I want to read and it and you tell me if you recognize it. Okay, here we go. Many speakers and authors have migrated to the leadership space because they crave the spotlight or feel that it's a lucrative market. For me, wow. it's much more than that. I genuinely believe that it's my purpose to empower the next generation of leaders to connect them to their purpose, to challenge them to do more than they ever thought possible, and to help them lift and empower others. I love that. I found that on your website, and that connected me to your work instantly because this resonates with me. This wants you to say. Thank you for your work. So, Peter, many use the term lifelong learner. What Mm. does that mean to you? And what are you learning right now? Oh, gosh. You know, know, every once in a while, I learn about a new topic and I kind of delve in deep to it. And I go, my gosh, I'm done. I I figured it out. You know, last year it was boundaries. I learned about boundaries. I absolutely love boundaries. Um, then I learned more about empowerment. I think empowerment is like, like, this is it. I've gotten to the top of the mountain and then I know it all. And then the next day I get hit upside the head with something else I didn't know, another major blind spot, who I am. And I go, oh, I got more work to do. <laughs> you would think, right? As you get older, we're good. Right. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> and so, and that's one of my major epiphanies is to realize I will never, ever be done improving myself. And I'm not perfect. I never will be perfect. And since I'm not perfect, there's nothing to protect. The only time you've got to protect something is when it's perfect. You know, the the Mona Lisa, the Statue of David, the Pyramids of Giza, those things are perfect. You protect those things. But the rest of us human beings, we're imperfect. And so I don't have to go around trying to protect my image. I can basically be very humble and go, oh my gosh, you were right. I was wrong. I didn't know that was a blind spot. And just go ahead and work away and make it better. Hmm. You know, I love that you mentioned humility, because it's one of the hardest things for people to embrace, I suppose, right? But you can't get wisdom without humility. At least I've found that. Yeah, I I think that's probably true. I mean, experience is the mother of all wisdom. um, But it's really you can go through an experience. And unless you're willing to have humility enough to self reflect, it's really hard to find those wisdom nuggets in there. So humility, I have identified five we'll call master values or operational values, Mm -hmm. and humility is one of those five. 
Uh, humility actually to me has four components to it. And let's see if I can remember all four. Uh, number one is to realize that you are no more or less valuable than any other human being on the planet. You are no better or no worse, have no more value than anybody else. That's uh, number one part of humility. Second part is to realize you're not perfect. <laughs> so you're always open for improvement. Third part of it is the, uh, to look at yourself objectively, both strengths and weaknesses without fault, blame, or shame, or arrogance, oh, or uh, mm -hmm. self-righteousness. And last but not least, the fourth and most important part of, of humility is the speed at which you can admit you're wrong. Uh, and when I make mistakes, which is daily, I want to be able to admit those mistakes as close to the moment that I make the mistake so I can correct it and learn from it. Uh, not a week or two months or a year later. I mm -hmm. want to find out really, really quickly. So we embrace humility as a master value. It's really important. Oh, that's awesome. I'd love to hear that. So Peter, Ken Honda wants to know, after things get calmer, what kind of leadership will be necessary in the coming age? Mm, that's a great question. And we are, I think, entering into a new world of leadership right now, and we're leaving apart the old school version of leadership. Old school leadership was top-down command and control. It's where the leader did the vision, the strategy, the thinking, and the dictating. They more or less told everyone what to do. And that model is washing away even quicker now, especially as we're being more and more dispersed to our homes. The new uh, empowered contributor model is where every single person owns, has absolute responsibility for whatever their mission is, uh, they have the authority to make decisions within their lane, and they carry the ball across the finish line. That's the new world. It's empowered contributor where we're pushing leadership further down. Now, the number one goal of any leader now is not uh, vision, strategy, thinking, and dictating. The number one purpose of all leaders is leadership development. Yes, yes, yes. I love that answer. That was a great answer. All right. So, Peter, as a listener of this podcast... What is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? What is the objective of your moral compass? Also referred to as your meta value, which means that you know, your moral compass is how we just decide you know, what is right and wrong. And all of us either by default or deliberately, hopefully decide what is our most important value. So your moral compass could be obeying the constitution. You could say it's obeying God's will. Uh, you could say it's being happy. I know some leaders who basically live in their moral compass as basically self-aggrandizement. So if something makes them look good, then it's moral. If it makes them look bad, then it's immoral. Uh, and for me, my moral compass is firmly set upon human well-being. So if it helps maximize human well-being, then it's moral. And if it doesn't, then it's immoral. That's a great question. So listen, because I will be asking that question of someone I'm else. To hear it. All right. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Master values, the operational values, which we have um, is that of integrity and integrity too is a little more complicated than most people think. I think there's four pillars of integrity. The first two you probably can figure out. And the first one is, you know, telling the truth, making sure that your words match reality as closely as possible. That's really important. Second one is do what you say, which is to meet your agreements. So whenever you say you'll do something, you actually do what you say. Okay, pretty obvious. Number three is to have high character or high values. 
And that more or less means to operate away in the world such that everyone win-wins. So whenever you, we have an exchange, like you and I are on this podcast right now and you're the host and I'm the guest, and it, it could be a scenario where you win and I lose, where you get great content, but I feel taken advantage of, or where mm -hmm. I win and you lose, where I feel like I gave lots of myself, but you didn't get new viewers out of it or something along those lines. Okay. It could be a lose-lose where we both walk away feeling horrible, not the case, but preferably we feel win-win, where we both feel we got value out of the conversation or this transaction as it were. So the third part of integrity is to make sure every interaction you have with other people and the world is win-win, where both people are better off as a result of the interaction. That's number three. Uh, and then number four, the fourth and maybe most important part of integrity is the state of being whole. So what that means is, is that you are consistently working on clearing out your quote-unquote issues. <laughs> and this is a perpetual process. Issues are anytime that you've hurt other people and you have not gone and reconciled it, which means you apologized and made it right. Anytime you've been hurt and you haven't either emotionally processed it or asked for apology or let go and forgiven it. It's also any large worries that are undefined in your mind that you haven't figured out where they are and they're kind of laying them like a burden. And what happens with all these unresolved issues is they keep us from being integrous. We're not whole because 10 or 20 or 30% of our mental capacity is over here dealing with these undealt with emotional issues. So if you want to be a person of integrity, yes, tell the truth. Yes, keep your agreements. Yes, make sure you operate and win-win. And then fourth and maybe most importantly, take care of all those little gremlins that are on the back of your mind so you can show up and be whole and present whenever you're dealing with anybody else in your life. And that's so well said. And I know that you're in a high level of awareness as far as leadership is concerned. What do you do to maintain that on a daily basis? Because what you're talking about to make sure that everything is a win-win situation takes a lot of energy. It takes mm -hmm. a lot of being present and also self-awareness. So what advice can you give us to grow in that area? I am uh, really driven by my um, purpose and my purpose burns a hole deep in my soul. It keeps me up late at night. It wakes me up early in the morning and it really powers everything I do. And I'll, I'll share it with you, Lily and the listeners. And I'll share it by asking a question based on our current trajectory. Will humanity be better off or worse off in 50 years, Lily? Based on our current trajectory, will humanity, our civilization, be better off or worse off in 50 years? Will it be better off or worse off? I want to think that, well, I'm a person of faith. Based on our current trajectory, <laughs> based on the way we're headed right now, oh, better gosh. off or Are worse you talking, off Okay, well, well, so it, it depends on leadership. It really depends on where leadership goes. So, I mean, the answer is, is pretty simple. Based on our current trajectory, we are in huge, massive trouble. And so the thought of me leaving society and a planet off to my kids and my grandkids, worse than what I found it, gives me great drive. So that is what drives me to make sure that I am the best I possibly can be with every single person, that I deliver the most inspirational message and ideas to create other leaders to help us all work together to solve our collective problems. The most important question we should be asking right now as a species is how can we work better together to solve our problems? And that is leadership. 
And see, that's what gives me hope. Even though there's this happening in the world, I'm having these conversations and I'm seeing hope. I'm seeing so much hope. So I want to thank you so much, Peter, for adding value to me and to our listeners. Oh, Lily, it was a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed you. Thank you so much for having me here. All right, so have a great day. Thank you, Lily. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.